0: Trading Update A little late on this update but it's summer and I'm traveling around places with family so really should have skipped an update this time. I think I'll do the next one later in August as the markets are in their usual summer doldrums. I'm not really doing much trading at the moment as prices can move up and down in pointless low volume moves or some simply don't move at all. As the phrase goes, sell in May and come back St. Ledger's Day. Still there is one that's caught my eye and I'm building up quite a substantial holding in it over time. This one is Castillo Copper. It's a small miner that's currently drilling for copper deposits at sites in Australia and Angola. One site is called the big one. The latest three statements have all been excellent. The big one may even be a bigger one, Coor misses, as surveys have shown there may be way more copper than they originally thought. With copper demand going only one way over the next few years from green infrastructure spending and electric cars, this miner is worth way way more than its current 20 meters valuation. There was huge buying last week which cleaned out the market maker so it was a high probability they'd start some vicious tree shaking, taking advantage of the summer market. And so it has been. Every time a good statement comes out they drop the price. So I'll be buying more as it gets cheaper as I can see nothing wrong with this at all. Will they plunge it briefly below 2p to take out all the auto stops? It's a high probability so I'm holding some money back to see if they do. It's why I never put auto stops in the market. The market makers know where they are so if they need shares they zip down to take them all out then zip back up again. This is a small miner and it's a market maker stock so there'll be some roller coaster rides on this. The last one I had similar to this was Greatland Gold and it did exactly the same thing. Got hammered every time it came out with great drilling results. And what happened? After a good few months of being beaten up and driven down it roared up. 1000%. In 6 months. Another one I've added to is Penchana. It's a long-termer for me and it's been heading back to its long-term monthly Emma. It's a rare earth miner that mines the vital stuff that goes in electric cars. Better still, it's building a processing facility at Saltend in Tyneside, which is going to be a Freeport. Guess why Nissan are building their battery gigafactory up there? But not only will the Saltend facility process their rare earths, but they intend to charge other rare earth miners to process their stuff too. Why? Because rare earth mining is incredibly environmentally damaging. The EU has cottoned onto this and is going to be carbon taxing these miners heavily unless they clean up their act. Penchina are already going to be an environmentally friendly miner, but the only way the other miners can get around the tax is to use their facility in the freeport. None of this is in the share price. At under 200 meters, this miner is very cheap long term. The only two rivals it has outside of China are valued at between two and three billion. Cyanconote are quietly heading back up after establishing support at 10p. They're winning more contracts and latest full-year results are showing good growth. ThinkSmart leapt on news its nearest rival after payer being taken over. Again, ThinkSmart are on a crazy low valuation and are a sitting duck. Seeing machines are also starting a new move up. As more cars start to roll off production lines containing their technology the earnings growth of this company will be immense. So all in all, given it's the usual rubbish summer market my holdings are doing pretty well. My guess is the markets will be pretty rubbish until after October as I've said before the Dow is likely to trade in a very wide sloppy range, somewhere between 36,000 at the top and as low as 29,000 to 32,000 at the bottom. This could go on right through well into next year. Dex Jan is likely to be the best period of markets going up but we'll see. In all it's likely to be a tough market for a bit so it's very much a case of picking the best stocks and holding on, buying on weakness and if you have any real stinkers look to drop them. The Road to Dunkirk. Why do you never have enough money? Blame William Pitt. Yes, he's the man you have to blame for imposing the stupidity of an income tax on you. Way back in the early 1800s, Adam Smith, the great economist who founded the modern economy you have today, warned then Prime Minister William Pitt not to tax incomes. Taxing incomes, he warned, would is simply create all sorts of distortions in prices and behavior. Better, he said, to tax the rents received on land. Here's a quote from historians J.L. and Barbara Hammond from their study The Town Laborer. Adam Smith argued that in levying taxation, it was important to consider what taxes could be imposed without putting a burden on industry. From this point of view, he found an ideal tax and a tax on ground rents. He recommended the taxation of ground rents for two reasons the first that such a ta discouraged no industry, the second that ground rents owed their value altogether to good government, and it was therefore reasonable that they should be taxed peculiarly for the support of government. Why do you pay taxes in the first place? To pay for the things that can't be paid for effectively by the individual. But those things should be few and far between. Adam Smith's idea was the few things that needed to be paid for publicly could be more than covered by a tax on rents and profits from land. The ordinary working man should keep all of his money. What actually happened however was the landowning aristocracy kicked up a right stink and twisted William Pitt's arm into taxing incomes instead. The worst mistake in history and one that spread around the world in the two centuries that followed like a virus. Today everyone has forgotten that income tax is a huge economic error. In every way. Governments spend like crazy because it's not their money. National debts rise ad infinitum as the list of things that require public spending increases. Think land profits wouldn't be enough to pay for public expenditure? At the time Adam Smith proposed taxing land, land profits in Lancashire alone increased 3,000% the recipients of those rents contributed nothing of that unearned revenue to the expenses of the state. Here's the Hammonds again. During the Industrial Revolution the value of ground rents was advancing at a rapid pace, and any pupil of Adam Smith would have put a tax on the immense wealth created in the new industrial towns and taken off the heavy burdens on food, clothing and the materials of industry. Adam Smith's teaching that ground rents ought to be taxed before the necessities of life, received just as much attention as his arguments against protection. If income tax has been avoided then people would have kept their hard-earned money and only paid for the services they wish to use. The tax on land would have stopped the rampant land speculation that has led to endless booms and busts since the late 1700s and more than paid for the few public services that had to be met from public expenditure. Instead taxes on incomes led to even greater taxes on incomes, national insurance, VAT, council tax, taxes on pensions, and all of it still not enough. As governments can now endlessly resort to hiking taxes and increasing those items taxed, petrol for example, so they spend more. And waste more. Take infrastructure for example. Much of it isn't leading to improvement, it's actually just a liability cost. Maintaining a road already built, or a bridge already standing isn't adding anything. It's just a liability. And where new high-speed trains are built or wind farms or fiber-optic networks laid this simply increases the price of the land on which it is built leading to speculation, property price rises, stretched incomes and ultimately another bust. A bust which will require more taxation and spending to get out of. It led to exactly what Adam Smith predicted, price rises, distortions and booms and busts. Here's Fred Harrison from his book Boom Bust, House Prices, Banking in the Depression of 2010. After a century's worth of 18-year cycles the outbreak of war with France at the end of the 18th century became the opportunity to restructure the laws and institutions of Britain in a way that would enable the building industry to make a benign contribution to sustained growth. But this outcome was not achievable because the government under William Pitt rigged the rules. From 1799 onwards they framed the public's finances in a way that would reward the free riders. Landowners were not expected to pay in full for the services they received from the state, these services would be subsidized by taxpayers. There you have it. The original sin in economics that led to all the ills of the present day wild and relentless government spending and ever increasing taxation. But what is the true cost of misguided taxation? Economists use a rather quaint term when they refer to the distortions created by taxation excess burden. The burden delivers to the economy deadweight losses, something finance ministers never disclose the scale of. Two professors Nick Tideman and Florence Plasman, attempted to get near that hidden figure by asking, if a people were to pay rents that were proportionate to the value of the services they used, how would the economy be affected? The answer, using back then 1993 national income data, was $7 trillion in goods and services lost to the seven countries they analyzed. $7 trillion lost to the negative impact of conventional taxes. This gives just a glimpse of the gain if taxes were abolished and in land rent used to fund public revenue and these remember were conservative estimates. In 2004 an exchange dealer, Ronald Banks translated the obtuse estimates of economists into figures people could understand. His conclusion? That the then £1 trillion British economy would have produced an extra £880 billion under the reform taxation system. This would have come from the improved productivity in response to the abolition of predatory taxes. If you consider that national debt above 100% depresses an economy by every percent above it, then combined with depressionary taxation governments are literally making matter worse. So if I were to be given the ability to go back in time and erase someone from history it wouldn't be Adolf Hitler, it would be William Pitt. Because if it hadn't been for William Pitt, Adolf Hitler would never have been given the dire economic mess that got him into power in the first place. Everyday stuff. Avoiding the coast has been the name of the game for us. So it's been one night hotel deals where we can find them. We went to York on one of them which was great but the hotel was a bit chaotic. Me and my son were given our room key and shown to a room which turned out to be the wrong one with someone else in it. Luckily they weren't home but how the hell did it let us in in the first place. We get the feeling the pandemic is behind a lot of the problems. At another hotel the wife and myself were left sitting in a bar for ages due to the linen not turning up. Took the daughter to Stratford on another day where there was a marvelous market full of stuff you can't find in the high street. The best thing is, with travel restrictions there are no foreign tourists so places like Stratford are relatively quiet. Having lunch on the grass by the river with the pooch sitting there good as gold was just one of those things you remember for years. Stumbled on yet another market on Sunday at Nutsford. Dogs everywhere and it was the one time we didn't take the pooch. Nutsford is very much a poshue's place. Barber jackets and tweed abound. On the way in it's just nothing but footballers mansions. We managed to squeeze into a space between two giant land rovers and had a wander round, noticing the stark difference between Blackburn which we'd recently driven through in this place with its hyper expensive tiny shops and soft top mercs parked outside. So when do I do the next update? I'll put a nominal date of 29th August but it might be early sep depending on how much time I get to do it.